0: So, welcome once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. It's now time for our monthly preview show. What we're going to be doing here is going through the uh, February previews books, the DC, the Marvel, and the Indie previews books, and picking out what we think are the best titles uh, coming up in the next few months. Uh, of course, your host, Alan. I'm joined tonight by Keith here and Roddy. So the previous books this month, we we're just going to do a quick brief overview of our, our sort of general thoughts on it, and then what we do is we we always put picks up in the in the store. We always like to give people as much information as possible. So we're just going to go into a bit of depth as to why we pick those titles, and then we will have a sort of pick of the month each. I think uh, with regards to the books themselves, you know, we we very much fall into our pre-established rules in this podcast. I'm the DC guy. Keith's Mister Marvel. Roddy only reads indie. Uh, Unless you listen to our reviews podcast, then he's a Closet Marvel fan. <laughs> and we're missing, uh, we're missing Vicky this and evening. And we are missing Vicky this evening. She is back to work tomorrow. She's uh, had the pleasure of a week and a half off. I say off. She's been at the store quite a lot, which she's really enjoyed. Uh, but just she, she starts at 6 in the morning, and we're recording this a little bit later. So she is going to be absent this evening. But at the same time, I will go through the picks that she had. Uh, the books themselves, uh, for DC this month... Uh, it's a bit of a light month. They there is a big focus on the 80th anniversary of key characters. So far in the last year or two, we've had you know Action Comics 1000, we've had Detective Comics 1000, we've had Wonder Woman 750, we've got a Flash 750 coming. Sorry, Flash 800 coming soon. Uh, so what we've got is a couple of uh, 80 page spec. Uh, sorry, 80th anniversary 100 page spectaculars. We've got a follow-up to a event from last year, Event Leviathan. And then we've got another one that Keith will be going into in detail. But other than that, it's it's a lot of ongoing stuff. It's uh, it's not a, a book for sort of new readers, I wouldn't say. It's a book very much for established readers. Sorry, take it back. It is Flash 750. I don't know why I doubt it myself. Uh, some good trades, I would say, as well. But uh, definitely one of DC's quieter months, I would say, in terms of titles that people will be signing up for. How's that Marvel book by comparison? Marvel book uh, in April
1: is an interesting, an interesting bag. There's a lot of titles on the go. Um, I don't know if I was an editor at Marvel, I would be starting to look at, at maybe trimming some of the fat a wee bit. Um, there's some, there's some books in here, and I, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously there's, there's something for everyone, but there's some stuff in here that I, I don't know who's reading it. Um, I'll not go into detail, but. Um, but yeah, there's, there, there's maybe, there's maybe, maybe too much, but, uh, April is dominated by the beginning of what's going to be Marvel's, I guess, summer event, uh, and Empire, E-M-P-Y-R-E. Empire is going to be an Avengers and Fantastic Four crossover, and we're going to be, uh, delving into, uh, a little bit of Cree and Skrull action. Um, so a wee bit of a blast from the past there. Um, what else have we got uh empire is the start of a it's start of a six issue mini series and there's a whole lot of books around that we'll maybe uh talk a little bit about uh later um Cop- i mean it'll it'll be it'll be uh, rooting its way into some ongoing books as well, you know, sort of crossovery sort of stuff. We have Outlawed, which is uh, a Champions-related event, which includes the beginning of a new Champions series. Seems to be uh, Outlawed is like a going to be a restriction, like a like a civil war-style superhero and registration act, but for underage heroes. Uh, so for youthful heroes, so uh, interesting stuff there. What else? Obviously. April is about when we've got uh, the Black Widow moving coming out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with um, I was about to say Natasha Romanoff, but with Scarlett <laughs> Johansson, <laughs> she's really got that it's character how nailed. deeply down invested today. she is uh, in the character. So there's an awful lot of Black Widow, Black Widow related, um, espionage related stuff in here, and uh, True Believers Month is uh, is all Black Widow focused um and let me see and the x corner continues to expand we've got children of the atom and hellions launching uh, as well as uh, a few other books that launched last month on the the usual regular line of stuff everything seems to be really hitting its stride now with the the dawn of x stuff you know excalibur and x-force new mutants all of that good stuff uh iron man 2020 is nearing its end um uh spider-man stuff still ramping up and then you've got your your usual sprinkling of uh, of everything else, some great uh, some great trades, uh, you know, and, and uh, just your your Black Panthers, your Captain Americas, your Ghost Riders, uh, yeah, all of that that good stuff. So there's there's some real quality stuff as well. Um, but uh, yeah, the, some some events either finishing off in the middle of or kicking off. What about you, Roddy? How's Indy looking?
2: Indy's got it covered this month. I think it's the the clear winner. If if the previous board is anything to go by, there's a lot of yellow on there. It's yeah, yellow is our indie color. Um, blue DC, red Marvel. Um, yeah, this book, the we've talked about it a lot. Um, this one is full of number ones, not just number one, single number ones, but there's also volume number ones. There's a lot of great original graphic novels too. but certainly what I've noticed, boom sort of went through maybe they were having the image weren't on a downward spiral they just weren't maybe dominating as much as they used to be but certainly with this book i feel like the big hitters are back um so there's a lot of a real real influx of you know just really important comic creators releasing number ones which we will get to won't spoil anything at this point so yeah and there's a lot of Great new properties being used. But there's also... There isn't just image number ones. There's a couple of new companies starting to make waves, which I find really... Really, really interesting. A couple of new American comic companies releasing sort of big number ones. So I think that's that's going to be really exciting. And whenever you say the uh,
1: the heavy hitters are back in image, there's always one title in the, in the back of my mind that I know dominates uh, Vicky's mind as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll not find out until a little later whether this is the month that
0: Saga returns. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do keep eagerly awaiting that month. So, you know, the sooner the better, definitely. I mean, what's really interesting about the indie book as well, I would say as well as the number ones, that are brand new titles. There's a couple of established titles coming back with a new number one and a new jumping on point for people. Interesting. As well. So some great stuff to delve into. Uh, So those just a little brief overview there and then we will go into a bit more detail now. Yeah, so the first one I am going to start off with uh, from this month's book is the return of a series that... Means a lot to me. It's uh, an image book. Uh, the original run was thirty issues. A series called *Neil Biter*. Uh, it's one of those series that I always recommend to people if they want a really great horror book. Uh, it's interesting. I used to recommend it to a lot of people as a great book to get into because it had a definitive end, because <laughs> it ended <laughs> after thirty issues. Uh oh. But then Joshua Williamson, one of our you know a writer we talk about a lot, obviously doing great things with DC. Uh, Announced that Neil Biter returns. Uh, brand new number one, oversized issue one as well. It's going to be forty pages. Uh, the crux behind Neil Biter is that there's a small um, there's a small town called Buckaroo, Oregon, and something like eighty percent of the world's most notorious serial killers all come from this one tiny little area. Uh, so a couple of detectives go in to investigate. You know what's creating these serial killers? Is it nature? Is it nurture? You know. Is there government experiments? Is there something in the water? Whatever, but the original series ended really well, and I must admit I didn't think it lent itself to a uh, a follow-up series, but I'm very happy to see this back. It's the same creative team, Mike Henderson on art as well. Uh, it doesn't give any indication how long it's gonna be. Uh, it just has, says that the critically acclaimed hit horror series returns and just has it as a number one. So. I would imagine if you're new to Nailbiter that this will give you all the information you need and still be a really great read. But I would recommend going back uh, through Biter to be honest because it is freaking
1: brilliant. I'm quite sure Image mean, are probably uh, reissuing.
0: Uh, They are indeed, yeah, there's there's six books uh, for Nailbiter, as I say, for those 30 issues. Or there is also this thing, um, these editions called the Murder Editions, which are the hardcovers, which are in my collection and Roddy is looking at right now, thinking, I could come home with me tonight. Hmm. Two of them? I've seen that look before. Uh, Yeah, so that was my first pick. Uh, I'll just throw out what Vicky's first one was as well, which was uh, The Punisher versus Barracuda. This is going to be a five-issue miniseries through Marvel. This has Ed Brisson writing and Declan Shelby on art. Big fan of most things that Ed Brisson does. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a go-to guy for Marvel. Does does a lot of great work there.
1: There's a a few names that just keep coming up again and again and
0: again. Uh, You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, with Barracuda. Barracuda was um, predominantly a uh, villain of the Punisher Max run that Garth Ennis did. Uh, so he was more in the Marvel Max series, but this is actually him making his Marvel Universe debut. Uh, so the blurb is uh, this prestige miniseries from Ed Brisson and Declan Shelby, while Frank Castle closes the case on a mob hitman hiding out in the deep south. A brutal jailbreak in Miami catches his eye, but one of the escape prisoners is the man known as Barracuda, the most sadistic and dangerous of killers in a gangland filled with extremely dangerous and sadistic killers. Lock the doors and prep the morgues. War is coming to Miami. So... Interesting there as well. It'll be a little bit outside the comfort zone of New York for Marvel. Uh, so, yeah. We'll and I wonder, it. will it
1: be outside the comfort zone of uh, of Ed Breeson? Um, certainly, Barracuda, as you say, last featured in Punisher as part of the uh, Ennis and Punisher Max, and that that's all fairly brutal stuff. So, I mean, in my experience, Ed Breeson has been more...
2: Is he must have been an X-Men guy? Uh, X-Men he, guy.
1: He's on yeah. Ghost Rider at the minute. Um, a few other bits and pieces, but Old I don't know if he's Logan,
0: yeah. uh, Iron Fist was another one. Really big run on Iron Fist, I seem to remember. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's always interesting when someone takes on a character that someone else sort of, you know, helped popularize. Barracuda is obviously very synonymous with Dennis, but Ed Bresson's one of those names, as you say, Keith. He, he sort of pops up all the time at Marvel, sort of like a an Al Ewing or a Jim Zub or a, you know, Donny Cates or, you know, just, they just, they seem to be uh, able to spin a few plates at the same time easily enough. Uh, so, know, yeah, so that's f- that was a, a pick from Vicky, as I say. Uh,
1: the Ed Breeson uh, has got a lot of uh, gritty, sort of unrelenting crime comics, um, sheltered in a uh, uh, murder book, was awesome. The, awesome. I guess was his novel. Um, so, yeah, I don't
2: know. Cool, yeah. Sounds, sounds good I love there's two two variant covers one by Declan Shalvey himself and the other by Daniel Acuna I think uh, they are absolutely stunning so I think I might be picking up those but is it over to me
0: it's over to you
2: sweet so uh, so from one uh, character with unflinching violence to another <laughs> Apparently, because we are we are journeying to, Samaria, and I know what you're asking. Who comes from Samaria? Conan, or in this case, the Samarian. So, so uh, we've got
0: another Marvel books. What you're saying?
2: Uh, apparently not. So I thought this was really really interesting. Uh, was talking about new publishers. This one, Ablaze, who we've talked about before because they did. One, a pick that you really recommended, Alan, Vampire State Building?
0: Die hard with vampires. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Read the, the four-issue series by Charlie Adler earlier this week uh, on Alan's recommendation mm-hmm. and actually straight from Alan's collection. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed
0: it. <laughs> and and it. straight back in the Alan's collection. Though. No. Nope. Straight to Ronnie. <laughs> straight to Ronnie. <Roddy. laughs>
2: straight to Ronnie's <Roddy's> collection. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I'd like a read of that. But yeah, um, this one, there's... In Europe, there's a grey area. Obviously, Marvel have the rights to Conan in North America. But over in Europe, uh, Glénat, a French publisher, produces Conan comics. And in Italy as well, there's a publisher called Leviathan Labs.
0: Leviathan Labs. Excellent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they both make Conan comics. Um, so there's sort of a weird... There is a cease and desist order against the Blaze... But um, because they were controversy, gonna, they were originally going to bring, I believe it was a different, um, it was a different arc. Can't remember the coolie, What was it called? Queen of the Black Coast. Um, yes, that the Chimera.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm.
2: But um, now it is going to be Red Nails. So, and they're promising a sort of more what's the word a more unrestrained violent and sexual conan so you know marvel the marvel one keith and i've been reading and it's it's pretty unflinching it's pretty as far as marvel titles go you know it's it's not punisher max but it's pretty brutal
1: yeah it it does what it needs to do um i wonder will this just be all of that for the sake of it
2: uh, potentially, but, um, I was looking through, there's, there's quite a library of them with Glenat, So they're yeah, obviously, hey? they're obviously talented folk and they know what they're doing. Um, but this one, this is Red Nails. Conan finds himself in the Darfur region, whose territory is almost entirely covered by a huge forest. Here he pledges, um, sorry. Here he pledges himself a mercenary, promising a sword to the highest bidder, fighting alongside fellow merc- mercenary and fierce female warrior Valeria. After a clash against a terrible dragon, the two go to a strange fortified city, apparently deserted, but the Jew will quickly discover that a civilization lives hidden inside and that the Citadel hides a heavy secret. Um, The covers, variant covers, are amazing, so I'm excited to see, first of all, if it makes it out, <laughs> <laughs> if they're told uh, in no uncertain terms, uh, no, but yeah, it's coming out in April, so I'm, I'm excited for it, well, so can't wait to well, see. it might
0: not only just be Marvel with the Cease and Desist <laughs> on that, it might be DC based on that blatant Neil Adams Superman rip-off cover. Sorry, homage cover. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe DC will be throwing a Cease well, and Desist as well.
2: As as we all know with Vault, I think you're allowed to the homage
0: covers, aren't right, you? This is true. Yeah. Uh, just one we'll little uh, piece of advice on this title. If you are looking at a bit more information on it, uh, don't just Google red nails like Roddy did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh Google Red Nails comic. <laughs> uh,
2: we all make mistakes.
0: <laughs> the best part was uh when you looked at it afterwards and went, I don't know what I was expecting <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But yeah, that sounds fun, as you say, if it does actually get released. Uh, Yeah, that's Red Nails, number one. Uh, What do you got first up first
1: Keith? Uh, I'm dipping into the Marvel catalogue for us uh, right now. Uh, I guess is this our first Marvel choice of uh, of April? It is indeed, yeah. Uh, So I have got Marvel Zombies Resurrection, number one of four by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Leonard Kirk and Art, um, and a bunch of uh, variant covers by everyone from Peach Momoko through Stephanie Hans, Greg Land and Patrick Zercher. Uh, so, Marvel Zombies was the original creation of, uh, it was Mark Miller and Greg Land, who originally, I guess, in Ultimate Fantastic Four sort of came up with the concept, and then, of course, uh, everybody's favourite uh, zombie guy, Robert Kirkman, uh, ahead of uh, The Walking Dead, picked up Marvel Zombies in 2005. So, uh, a couple of months back, uh, Marvel come out with Marvel Zombies Respawn, uh, which was a, a one-shot in October, I believe. Yep. And this is the kickoff of that promised series. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson is currently uh, exciting me on The Last God. Uh, Leonard Kirk is a wee bit of a, an all-rounder. Um, I remember very fondly um, his... Um, uh, what what do they, they, they call it? Captain Britain and MI-13. Uh, back a bunch of years ago. I think it was about 2008. I had a good run on that, but he's variously worked for uh, Marvel and DC and Malibu and a whole lot of independents over the years. But uh, what we've got here uh, is when the corpse of Galactus reaches planet Earth, carrying a cannibalistic virus, Spider-Man and a ragtag group of heroes struggle to save the survivors and uncover the truth. So uh, Respawn ended in, a, I guess, it was the, the corpse of Galactus floating through space mm-hmm. and some of our heroes... Went to find out what was going on there and it all went um a wee bit, a wee bit pear-shaped, a wee bit downhill very, <laughs> very quickly. So uh so yeah, so Marvel Zombies, uh, it's 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 like um deceased. It's like it's one of those books that really has no repercussions because you know it's not really taking place in our universe and it's really just good fun and you get to see your heroes being ripped apart or <laughs> ripping other people apart or it's just good and who doesn't get want crack. to see that? Yeah, so uh that's Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one of four.
0: Cool, so uh, we're back round to myself then. Um, There was just a couple of titles from the DC book this month for myself. The first one is the Joker 80th Anniversary 100-Page Super Spectacular number one. Could they make a longer title? I don't think so. Uh, Yeah, this is part of DC's ongoing celebrations for classic characters. So we recently had, as I say, Action Comics 1000, Detective 1000, etc., uh, so with this one that's celebrating 80 years of the Joker, uh, this is going to be another anthology tale, uh, just a one-shot prestige format, 96 pages, regular size, Should be happy to know Keith, no black label size dimensions here. And that's why I'm down for it. Uh, mm. And the the list of talent involved is just exceptional, you know, in terms of writers, you've got Brian Azzarello, Paul Dini, Dennis O'Neill, Scott Schneider, Tom Taylor, James the IV, and more. Arch, you've got Raphael Albuquerque, Lieber Mayo, Simon Bianchi, Tony Daniel, Mikael Yannon, Jock, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, Eduardo Risso, Riley Rosmo, and the cover is by uh, Greg Capullo as well. So, <clears throat> yeah, so this will just be a, a series of uh, anthology uh, stories. The Clown Prince of Crime celebrates 80 years of chaos. The Joker has been the greatest villain in comics since his debut. And to celebrate we have a who's who of comics finest talent giving the harlequin of hate the birthday roast he deserves. The stories feature a range of terror and anarchy showing how the Joker has impacted Gotham City from the police to Arkham Asylum, from the local underworld to the Dark Knight and his allies. Make sure to RSVP to this birthday badge, you wouldn't want to wake up with a Joker fish on your doorstep, would you? Uh, one thing I will say just with this, if you are going to be pre-ordering this with us, there are going to be a range of decades variants. Now, these will all be free-to-order variants, there's no ratios involved, so if you see a cover that you like, feel free to get in touch with us and we can certainly trade like the cover A that Capillo's doing for any one of the other ones. You've got 1940s variant by Arthur Adams, 1950s variant by David Finch, 1960s variant by Francesco Mattina, 1970s variant by Jim Lee, 1980s by Bill Sinkovitz, 1990s Gabriel Delotto... 2000's Libre Mayo 2010's Jock or just like me you could order them all Uh, so that is the Joker that is
2: some list
0: (laughs) that is the Joker 8th anniversary yeah Yeah, the the sheer wealth of talent is incredible I have to say
2: I really like what they what uh, DC really really stand out with those There's, I love the horror anthologies they do, even the Valentine's Day one that's coming out soon. Yeah, Crimes of Passion. These these celebrations is something they do just so we, you know, we slag DC off a wee bit for, you know, a a couple of things, you know, but when they get this right, they really get it right. And I'm very excited for that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think of like the Halloween specials, Curse Comics Cavalcade, any excuse to say that? (laughs) Uh, What was it last year was... Uh, Secrets of Sinister House. Secrets of Sinister House as well. So yeah, as you say, when they get it right, they really get it right. So uh yeah, I really look forward to that. Uh one of Vicky's picks was American Jesus Volume One. So this is getting a new printing. Read the uh
1: read volume one uh myself. Vicky was kind enough to to give me a to to loan me a copy um by Mark Miller Mm -hmm. and Peter Gross, isn't that right?
0: That's the that
1: is the team. Um Judy Muir on uh, on color on covers, um, but uh, really interesting book. I don't know if you read it, Alan. I actually haven't though. No. Um, so it was I think it was the four issues. Uh, I think it was the four issues, and it was this twelve-year-old boy, effectively, who discovers that he is uh, apparently the uh, the second coming of uh, Jeebus himself, and uh, <laughs> it sort of goes from there. Um, I mean, what 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 do you do whenever you're a twelve-year-old? Kid who realizes he can turn water into wine and he looks sick. Uh, so
2: it's do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> turn wine into water. <laughs> uh, uh, well,
0: yeah, they're doing a new print, and obviously this is in reference to the uh, the sequel uh, American Jesus, new Messiah. So it's just giving people a chance to catch up with that,
1: which was the. the project christmas it
0: was indeed the uh, that mm. was named project christmas it was project xmas which oh, okay. is actually yeah. even funnier uh, but what's interesting as well is i had a little look on diamond's website and they actually have the original printing still in stock so this is just the only difference is it's a new cover uh so if you really like that cover you can wait until april but if it is a story that interests you or you'd like to um read the first one with obviously the second one being out just let us know we can get the, the original printing in for you anyway what you got ready
2: I've got. So we're going to the Valiant Universe. Um, hearing a lot of good things about Valiant recently, so the name's coming up again and again. Yeah. So they are. They've been doing a lot of five-issue miniseries, and this one is a completely new, uh, new story, new character. I know they're. It's still within the Valiant Universe, but it seems like it might be a really good sort of jumping-on point. Um, I picked up the Visitor. Which is two issues in at the moment and it's it's been pretty damn good. You don't really need to know much about the Valiant universe. Um but this one it's been promised as uh, I think True Detective meets Zodiac. So when somebody says that, I don't take them I don't take that lightly. Those are two of my favourite things. Uh Zodiac's one of my favourite films, True Detective's one of the the best T V shows of all time. So uh this Well this you
0: you should clarify that statement, season one. Is one of the greatest TV shows of all time.
2: Oh, I still think two and three.
0: <laughs> not bad. Three. I three, three is I've heard. Good things about three. Two was not for me.
2: Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's a d- debate for another day. I suppose <laughs> we we don't want to get sidetracked. Uh, but yeah, this this is written by Ray Fox. Um, arts by Jeremy Han, who Alan's been enjoying the Red Mother recently. Yeah. So excited to see what he does here. Um. Yeah, this sounds great. Um, a super-powered serial killer is terrorizing San Francisco, but they're no Zodiac. They're worse. Will a new electrified hero on the scene be able to stop the rising body count? So uh, I was looking up some other stuff. There's, They're promising big ramifications in the universe as well. So it sounds like this super-powered uh, serial killer is going to do some lasting damage within the Valiant universe. So... Definitely looks like one to pick up, and it's only—I think—with the five-issue miniseries, they're doing really well. So you can just kind of dip in and out if you really want to. There's no, yeah, big you're not having to, there.
0: you know, sign up to thirty issues, forty issues. Yeah, to get the whole story sort of thing.
2: They're doing, um, doing a lot of great stuff recently, and obviously with Bloodshot coming out in a couple of months or next month, I suppose, they're definitely a company to keep an eye on at the moment
0: cool yeah yeah yeah, final witness i'll give that a wee go myself as well it's uh we've obviously been reading quantum and woody as a little bit of an intro into the valiant universe so yeah that is final witness how about yourself keith another throw out Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm onto the DC book now, and uh, I hadn't realized, but the. uh, I should have realized, but just the way we've ordered these is the writer of my previous pick, uh, Marvel Zombies, is also the writer of (laughs) this particular book. Uh, I'm looking at uh, a black label title, but regularly sized uh, The Last God Sourcebook Number One. It's a one shot. It's a one shot based on the DC black label title, The Last God. the, uh, the 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 high concept um, high octane horror fantasy that uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has been producing for the last sort of four months um, really amazing stuff. Uh, so it's written by himself and Dan Dan Telfer and art is by Ricardo Fredericki, who is the the artist on the book but also Kai Carpenter uh, and Blanco and others. Uh, this is a wee bit different. It's it's separate to the to the main series and as a, a role player, a D&D fan, this just is, is, is right up my street. Um, the amount of back matter you're getting in in Philip Kennedy Johnson's The Last God is incredible. I mean, the world building that he's doing is fantastic. You know, the songs and uh, stories and stuff that happens at the end, the way it's, it's set between two time periods, 30 years apart, following some of the same characters. Uh, there's, a, there's just a, a wealth of... Uh, a wealth of just, I'd say, back matter and just knowledge and, and just something to really get your, you can really get your teeth into it, you know. So mm-hmm. this is this is really adding to that. So it says to look upon the Book of Edges is to know the world of Canaan's past, present and future, perhaps, the, per, sorry, past, present, perhaps even its future. Long believed to be the first ever text ever recorded, the Book of Edges contains the most complete history of Canaan's peoples and their gods. Welcome to the official source book, To the World of the Last God detailing the rich history of its people's locations schools of magic a bestiary of the creatures found throughout canaan and much more and this amazing one-shot writer philip kennedy johnson joins forces with dan telfler dungeon master of the the nerd poker podcast i should have known to bring you fifth edition & dragons fifth edition compatible content for playable races subclasses magic items monsters and much more that you can uh using your favorite tabletop role-playing game accompanied by epic illustrations by ricardo Frederiki and kai carpenter as well as new maps and illustrations from master cartographer jared blando in this book of edges you'll find everything to provide readers with a deeper understanding of the world of canaan uh whilst also giving tabletop gamers everything you need to build campaigns and adventures within the last god fortunately i am both of those things uh, so this is more or less made for me. So Last God source Book by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And if you're not picking up The Last God, you
0: probably should be. Cool, yeah, cool. I think you'll definitely second that.
2: No, because I'm ready, <laughs> but I have to now. <laughs> Keith demands it, so...
0: He demands satisfaction yep. in the form of reading Lascaux. I'm sure we can <laughs> we, we can work out some sort of arrangement. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, so background to myself. And this is going to be the last pick, I believe, from the DC book from any of us. As we were saying, the DC books may be a tiny little bit more lacking this month. But uh, still another really good one. It's another anthology one and another celebration of a classic character. This is the Catwoman, the 80th anniversary. 100-page super spectacular number one. Uh, so same again, 96 pages, prestige format, one shot uh again another who's who of um people who have worked on the character over the years uh top name will certainly have keith's attention ed brubaker's writing in this ah yes paul dini tom keane and the mindy newell will pfeiffer you've got art from cameron stewart Mikhail Yannon, adam hughes Emanuela lupicino steve rude jim ballant to lole and more so, same <clears throat> again, a little blurb here. Our gal Catwoman is turning 80 next year and looking very good if we meow say. Okay, I would no longer like to recommend this after that. <laughs> 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 I, I caught you by surprise because you, oh <laughs> you were going for it there. I was, you know, the looking very good part was fine. That was like if we meow say. Anyway, and DC is celebrating with nothing less than with a huge soiree, invite only, packed with creators who mean the most to her and to whom she means the most. Stories featured in this 100-page spectacular include a... Oh god, there's so many bad puns in this. Include a tail, T-A-I-L, sorry, tail, that takes place at the end of the Brewbaker stewart catwoman run in honour of artist, artist Darwin Cook. Plus, Catwoman is caught by an exotic cat collector, runs into a wannabe thief trying to prove himself as her apprentice, encounters a mystery involving memorabilia from alternate continuities and, of course, some bat-cat fun. So yeah, same again, it's uh, just as the Joker one was as well. This is going to have all of the decade variants. Uh, For this one, again, it's another who's who list, but actually completely different as well. 1940s, you've got Adam Hughes, 1950s, Travis Charest, 1960s, you've got uh, Art Germ, 1970s, Frank Cho, 1980s, J. Scott Campbell, 1990s, Gabrielle Delotto, 2000s, Jim Lee, and 2010s, Ji Hung Lee. So, uh, same again, once the covers become available, if you do have this on your list, just let us know if there's a different one you. Are like. the
2: covers out yet? No, this is no. it. They
0: announce the artists, but they don't actually show it off until maybe a month before it. Ah, okay. But what cool. I'll do is, when they do go live, I'll share them through the social media pages, and then if you see one you like, you can uh, just get in touch with us. Uh, so, yeah, so that was something I would, I'm would. i certainly excited for. That's mm-hmm. Catwoman, the 80th anniversary. Another one from Vicky now as well. This was one that being been very close to being on my list uh, simply because it is the perfect definition of following creators rather than stories. Uh, so Anything in the last couple of years that Karen Gillen has written has got our attention. That really. would be fair to say. I really need to go back and read *Wicked and Divine*. Has anybody at this table read it? No. I read uh, an image first of it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, because
1: I'm already reading uh, *Die* and uh, *Once in Future*. Once in future. Yep, that's the ones, and so. It looked really compelling. Looked like really interesting
0: stuff. It's finished now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. Yep. definitely a gap. Gap in our knowledge collective knowledge, I think, on that one.
0: I smell book club. Mm. Could be a thing. <laughs> Which would be an interesting one because I don't think we've done one yet where one no one has read it at all. So that could actually be quite interesting. Uh but yeah, so Karen Gillen is back at Image with a new five issue mini-series that no doubt two issues into it will be turned into an ongoing. Uh, this is you co- <laughs> just expected now just, uh, No,
2: it's always one They're like, oh yeah
0: Well, this sold really well Let's see what the concept is first Yeah, so this is called The Ludocrats uh, As I say, number one of five It's actually Kieran Gillan writing as well as Jim Rossignol So it's co-written And then you've got artist of Jeff Stokely with Tamara Bonvillain Still such a great name Uh, So for this one, it is the ludocrats, the aristocrats of the ludicrous, a collision of the ornate fantasy of June and an M-rated asterisk and obliques. Baron Otto Van Hades and Professor Hades Zero K are here, and they're going to save us all. Wait, save us all is crossed out. Have a nice time. Kieran Gillen and Jim Rossignol write, Jeff Stokely draws, Tamara Bonville and colours, Clayton Carl's letters. The universe screams in pleasure, writhing, finally satisfied, complete joyous. Sounds really strange. Uh, I'll grab the first issue and see what's going on I think so I think what's, it, what's sort of interesting as well is with the indie titles they always have a little section of if you like this, try this this must be the laziest one I've ever seen Is it uh, Die and Once in <clears> Future? <throat> How did you guess? <laughs> if you like the high stakes, high impact storytelling of Die and the rich fantasy adventure of Once in Future you'll love Ludocrats
2: well, to be fair, they already used Asterix and Obelix and Dune in the well, description. Well they should have stuck so with that. They should have stuck with that. Should have committed, but you know.
1: I didn't yeah. Hmm? I didn't comment on that, but that is that's that's quite the combination, Asterix and Obelix and Dune.
2: Does it remind you of anything? A certain description about a hefty tomb that you two are currently are big fans of. Bone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, what's, oh, that's Bugs what's
1: Bunny meets Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, to be <laughs> yeah, fair,
1: that's yeah, it. it's uh,
0: meets the, June, yeah. The melting together. I reckon that's what they wrote. They wrote uh, Bugs Bunny meets Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I went, oh, crap, that's on the back of another book. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the preview art looks pretty pretty interesting. It definitely looks more of a, a comedic book than any of Karen Gillen's other ones at the moment. Certainly Once in Future has its moments of comedy, but it is a bit more serious, uh, sort of high-stakes adventuring, and then Die... Die sometimes is bereft of humor. <laughs> it's it's all very serious, yeah. but uh, both brilliant books. So, again, with this being Kieran Gillen, I will certainly uh, give this a go. Uh, so, yeah. We'll awesome. Over to yourself there, buddy.
1: Cool. Um, First uh, original graphic novel of yes. a. Of a, of a there's,
2: there's a wee list of them
1: coming
0: up, but there is, yeah, is. a couple. I
2: think it's. Although my one is this is an original graphic novel. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say a June solicitation, so this one not gonna be April, gonna be June. But what I was gonna say, Keith, you're not gonna enjoy it. Why is that ruddy?
0: Is it black label sized?
2: <laughs> it's not even black label sized. It's, is, is it earth sized? It's not even earth label. Label sized? What are what's going on with my words? It's not even earth sized. It's what the hell size is it? Six or that? maybe it is. Is that earth sized?
0: Oh, that looks about six and a half. Alan has to me produced now. a
2: copy of Earth. Earth. But yeah, um basically anything that sort of catches my eye for younger readers, I always kinda have a little eye on because I have a niece and nephew and they're I'm always trying to find ways of like sort of giving them, you know, comic books by trying to share that passion with them. Um this one Some
1: say share, some say
2: indoctrinate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll say share for now. And then if they get really far away, I'll be like, no, you must read this once in the future. It's only indoctrination (laughs) if you're a religion. Uh, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) So this one, this is um, written and illustrated by Jared Cullum. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. If you get a chance, um, have a nosy at the preview pages because it's an absolutely fantastic looking book. So sort of, um, it has a cartoon vibe, but it's um, done in watercolors as well. So it's a gorgeous story of two friends separated by everything in the world except love. Readers and animal lovers of every age will want to relive this journey over and over again. Katya and her Mima are spending another normal summer at their college in Alaska when a chance accident leaves Katya face-to-face with the biggest creature she's ever seen, an enormous kodiak bear, soon to become her closest friend, but when Katja suddenly returns home to Seattle, the two are torn apart, leaving Cody to do whatever it takes to reunite with his fragile human friend. It's a wild, wild... Oh, they've... Uh, it's a wild adventure, I think they mean, with breathtaking views, new
0: companions, and danger around I, I don't know, term. I think Keith could read that part really well. Ah,
2: yeah. <laughs> what am I looking at? They must be...
0: <laughs> they are targeting a very specific <laughs> <Yeah>. demographic there <laughs> it's, it's a wild adventure is that what you're saying it's a wild adventure it's a wild
1: adventure
2: <laughs> well yeah i probably need to pre-read that but um, hopefully that doesn't put you off because um i really love or really really try and focus on i know it's a big part of Coffee and heroes as well trying to get younger readers not just really young young readers but there's always that middle ground of like not quite young adults, but not quite very young, you know, that sort of yeah. that sort of age. So this this looks perfect and sort definitely it's
0: sort of the ten to thirteen range. That's what I would say.
2: And it's it's a really hard thing to get get those readers into comics, but this looks gorgeous. Nice story of friendship and might attract a lot of female readers as well, younger female readers. So that can only be a good thing for comics. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That was from Top Shelf for an imprint of IDW, and it was called Cody.
0: Excellent. So I believe we're going on to a controversial pick next.
1: Uh, it's only controversial because because uh, I think everybody was after it. Uh, would that be fair to say? It yeah. is, and I'm still getting evil looks across the table from Roddy. <laughs> I suppose what what happened here was uh, I mean we have a we have a bit of a a chat. Uh, uh, a facebook messenger chat around this uh, this podcast and we like to uh, you know alan will request all our picks and uh, for the board and we'll all put in our picks and uh i had put in a list of picks and then roddy was like oh no i picked year zero but uh, of course alan had already seen my picks and had rushed off to the board <laughs> <laughs> and uh what what may well have been roddy's pick ended up being mine
2: that's all right. You have it. My kindness was my downfall.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> a great way to compliment yourself there. <laughs> so, so this is by uh, a comic company called AWA Studios. Anything we know about that, Roddy AWA?
2: Yeah, it's sort of um, it's another one that I was referring to at the start. There's a blaze and AWA of sort of they're the two two sort of newish ones. I know TKO, obviously, that are have recently started, but they're not in the previous book they're trying to do their own thing but awa um sprung up quite recently actually i believe it's an old um marvel editor the one before the newest one i can't remember uh the name name completely escapes me i'll maybe have a look up if you want to have a chat
0: um okay so So they already snagged just before you start sorry Keith, awa they snagged a big one with uh JMS, Michael Cedrinsky, Mike Doudaro, and The Resistance. Yeah, so they're starting to attract some, maybe that's why, maybe this is previous Marvel contacts.
2: Axel Alonso was the editor before, so uh, he's a big okay. Marvel guy, and Bill Gimas as well. Yeah, oh absolutely. So, okay, so this is their company
1: then, is yeah. it? Okay. So
2: artists, writers, and artisans as well. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, the
1: pick is uh, Year Zero, number one, uh, number one of five. It's by Benjamin Percy, who is currently writing X-Force, x-force for marvel and is about to be writing wolverine, wolverine. isn't that right yep. so yep. benjamin percy is one of those guys who has appeared uh on the marvel starts to appear in the in the marvel books just one of those names that we were talking about is coming up again and again uh the uh, illustrator is ramon razonos uh from uh, last known for star wars age of resistance and they're teaming up to present an epic tale that offers a global look at the zombie apocalypse a Japanese hitman, a Mexican street urchin, an Afghan military aide, a polar research scientist, uh, a Midwestern American survivalist, five survivors of a horrific global epidemic who must draw upon their unique skills and deepest insects, instincts to navigate the world of the shambling dead. Uh, Year Zero wrestles with the weighty moral and theological questions posed by the pandemic and investigates its cause and possible cure. So uh, the first thing that really got me about this is the the lovely cover by... uh, Kara Andrews. Yeah, um, it's gorgeous, it's, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's this RV totally, uh, totally armoured up uh, <laughs> and sitting uh, in this lovely idyllic uh, island, you know, by an island, by a lake, and these mountains sweeping up and this lovely sky behind. So uh, that's what, what first got me. And I don't know, I just get the feeling that this is going to be a... I mean, I, I, love, I love all things zombies, but whenever you think about zombie, you cannot... Zombie comics, you can't do it without thinking about The Walking Dead. And this looks like... Yeah. It's going to be a different take. Um, you I suppose know. it's
2: a risky thing to do so so soon after it, but I think yeah. I think I think because of the creators involved, people really gravitated towards it, and I think it'll do. I think it's going to do really well.
0: Yeah, it was actually the cover that was the first thing that I noticed. I thought it's just this really cool idyllic scene, you know, bright blue sky, you know, mountains in the background, lots of lush greens, and then you just have this little camper van, which will always. I think spark up images of breaking bad as well so again oh, yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah. thing but on the side of the van it's just like spray painted on or maybe it's red blood it says zombie killer uh so <clears throat> there's a series it looks like there's a series of covers and they're all nearly
1: photorealistic um you know they're 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 photorealistic scenes uh with something terrible going on in the background you mm-hmm. know oh, so yeah, yeah. folk waiting for a subway the the subway's tree a splatter with blood a family having a, a picnic and there's a what looks like a zombie or a person on fire in the background and there's some is
2: didn't did you say the story was five five different people
1: five five issues and five different individuals yeah
2: are each of the is there five covers is uh, each cover uh does each cover represent each character i wonder
1: it could very yeah. well a japanese hitman a, uh maybe Yeah, yeah, it yeah, could do. Yep,
0: potentially. Um, yeah.
1: You may be right. Anyway, looking forward to that one. Cool.
0: Yeah, there's um yeah, there's a couple of bits and pieces that are coming through with that company, AWA. There's there's also this uh volume they're putting together. I, I noticed this, it's not necessarily a pick, but just thought it was worth mentioning. On the same day that they release uh the first issue of year zero, they're releasing this thing called Upshot Now and what it is, is it's a collection of the first five number ones. Um, so, I mean, you've got a pretty good list of talent there. You know, Jay Michael Straczynski, uh, Michael Morecki, uh, Jason Starr, John Lees, who writes Sink, and Mountainhead. Uh, Frank Cho, you've got art by Mike Diodato Jr., Frank Cho again, Will Conrad. Uh, so, what they're doing here is they're presenting, sorry, all first all four first issues. Uh, and you've also got sneak peeks at the second issue, so... It certainly sounds like an interesting company, this, and they clearly have the uh, the business sense behind them and the experience of working mm-hmm. through, you know, Marvel and so forth. So that might be something to uh, keep an eye out for uh, in terms of the indie stuff. So, yeah, back to another one for myself. Uh, this is sort of the last pick for me other than my sort of big pick of the month, uh, although this was very close to being my pick of the month. This is quite a surprise to see this. This sort of came out of nowhere for me. Just as I said, Neil Biter came back. Uh, This is another series that is coming back, probably off the basis of the TV show and its popularity. So we are going to be getting a new installment of The Boys. Uh, This is The Boys' Dear Becky. The good thing is that uh, Garth Ennis is back Uh, with this story. This is going to be, I believe, a five-issue mini as well. Uh, Different artists, though, I noticed Ross Brown because um, I know we had Derek Robertson doing a lot of the uh, the original boys but uh, this one's going to the thing is I don't want to sp- speak too much about what happens at the end of the boys because there's people who are watching the TV show and all the rest but the boys sort of ends in a way where it wouldn't be easy to do a sequel so if that's the case what do you do? You do a prequel about some of their early days so that's what this essentially is uh, this is about one of their earlier cases even back before Huey joined the boys uh, so I think this is gonna be a big one uh, in the store. We have a lot of boys fans. The boys trades just fly off the shelves, those uh, collected omnibuses and so forth. So I can really see that doing brilliant. Uh, definitely one to uh, stick on the old pre-order form. Uh, yeah, cool.
2: Not something I've ever read. TV show is amazing though.
0: Mm. You really gotta read it.
1: yeah, I should I mean i've I've read bits and pieces of the boys, um, but I've never sat down and read the story from start to end you know it is a
0: page turner and i'd be interested to see how people read it now in a post the boys tv show world because it used to be like what you were watching the tv show going that's different from the book that's different from the book that's different from the book whereas now you'd read the book and go that's different from the show it's different from the show (laughs) uh yeah i've got the first three volumes there on the shelves uh you're gonna be leaving here with a big pile tonight Roddy, i tell you it's just well, I can help you carry whatever need to carry back to the car. <laughs> 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 he's happy he's driving tonight. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was The Boys' Dear Becky. That was from myself. Uh, another one of Vicky's picks is a series that myself, I'm reading. I know Keith uh, certainly read the first arc as well. This is a title called Excellence. Uh, this is coming back at issue seven. The trade paperback is available, and that has the first six issues in there. Written by Brandon Thomas with art by Kerry Randolph and Emilio Lopez. Uh, I rather enjoyed excellence for six issues. You've been reading it, yeah? Pretty great, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit of a different take on the the urban urban, urban, magic. urban
1: magic, urban fantasy sort of a sort of a thing. So we have uh, no, it's been a wee while. It's uh, Spencer Deeds. Spencer, yeah. Uh, no, uh, Spencer is one of uh, a member of one of seven, I think, magic families. Uh, who uh, they all they all live together. They train together. Uh, they they live in various levels of this um uh like tower but their job is to sort of i guess look after the 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 general populace or or Uh, individuals within the populace. yeah the ages yeah um they look after members of the general populace whose uh decisions or whose the changes in their lives can can uh deflect the course of of time or of humanity so uh but uh, the families are locked within these very tight rules of magic and Spencer has rebelled against that, and he's 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 found a darkness in this edges, and he's rebelled against it. And he there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Too much to too much to talk yeah. about in a few minutes. But he's uh, he's mind melded with someone who should be his greatest enemy. There's a whole thing about fathers and sons and brothers, grandmothers, uh, grandmothers, uh, family connections, forbidden there's magic. Absolutely. <clears throat> there's there's a whole lot of of comments on. And uh the struggles that, you know, of, of people of colour within society. There's a there's a there's a lot going on in uh in, in, in one in one six issue series so far. Um must go back and read it again before it kicks off again. Yeah, because there really, really, really is interesting a lot to, stuff, uh, Yeah,
0: to digest with that again. But yeah, as I say, the uh the graphic novel is available. Uh, I've got it in store, issues one to six. Thoroughly brilliant read. Very gritty magic series. It's not quite as dark as something like Magic Order, but there's, there's a good bit of depth to it.
1: Oh, there's, yeah. And the, the art is fantastic as Mm -hmm.
0: well. Even if the main character does look just a little bit too like Killmonger and it's, it's actually two characters from recent movies, both played by Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) The main (laughs) character looks like Creed and the guy he's against looks like Killmonger. Uh, it was quite distracting, but really good series though. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be returning in April, uh, with number seven. So it is. So, uh, that was Vicky's pick, which was excellence. Number seven, uh, what about yourself? Next up, Roddy.
2: Uh, so I'm gonna take a little brief detour away from Indy and going to go with my my little secret love, Marvel. You know, <laughs> you're not so, so like secret
1: love. <laughs> your your secret love is starting to become a wee bit public, Roddy.
2: Well, well, we'll see. We'll try and I'm keep pretty, it under the for now. Um, but yeah, this one this one caught me by surprise. Um. Sort of last year got playing the Spider-Man game, and this this guy certainly is a prominent figure in it, and that is Taskmaster, and this is a five-issue mini series kicking off with number one here, written by Jed McKay, Alessandro Vito Vita on art, and the cover by Valerio Gian Giordano. Uh, love his cover looks stunning kind of gives me a wee bit of a masters of the universe vibe here <laughs> <laughs> but the movie masters of the universe he looks a bit like the uh frank welker skeletor and um, but yeah this this is really interesting taskmaster has murdered maria hill who we know played by kobe smulders in the marvel films tv shows and all that or at least he or at least that's what the whole world thinks. Now the greatest spies in the business are hunting Taskmaster down and won't stop until Taskmaster is dead or clears his own name. Follow Jed McKay and Alessandro Vidi on a globe-spanning adventure that will send ripples through every corner of the Marvel Universe's espionage community. So, does that mean the espionage community? That could mean... The very woman we were talking about earlier, earlier Natasha Romanoff. Yeah, is I mean, I think this
1: is uh, this is again uh, the 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 real focuser in espionage is coming off the back of uh, of, of Black Widow, and I, I guarantee if you flip forward there two pages, you'll probably find it's very close to that. Yeah, uh, Black Widow <laughs> section. Uh, <laughs> yeah, isn't Taskmaster
0: um, in the upcoming movie?
1: Uh, Taskmaster is in the upcoming movie. i will be interested to see how they present him. He's a real interesting character. He. Uh, he has photographic reflexes so that anybody who he sees fighting, he can automatically mimic their fighting style. So be that Daredevil, be that Captain America. You know, he's a, So he's a very dangerous individual. But I can give the uh, the espionage world of Marvel a wee bit of a heads up. If they get a move on and catch him this month, he appears in Ravencroft.
2: Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's exactly where they can find him. Cool. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. So um, it was created by... George Perez and David Michellini, wasn't it? Uh, you
1: know? who, Taskmaster? Taskmaster? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 I think so. Certainly yeah. that was, the, that
2: was the, the period, I know. They were, so he sort of, I don't know, is there sort of like a drive to get him more as a anti-hero kind of thing, or has he always been that way? Uh,
1: Taskmaster also was uh, a, a teacher at Avengers Academy at a stage and, and that, so I think... I think uh, Tony Masters would be, uh, which is Taskmaster's, uh, one of Taskmaster's aliases, or his identity, uh, would be uh, an individual of uh, his, his morals probably bend along with the profit that he's making. <laughs>
0: so, uh,
2: yeah. I see. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's for me. That was my brief brief sojourn into Marvel territory there.
0: Well, Keith, you've got something uh, indie-based then next. So I am uh, making a sojourn into
1: indie territory for you, Roddy. Uh, another Image comic. Um, it's a, a gem of the month, and it's a bit of a bit of a strange one. Uh, strange one, and that uh, uh, our buddy Robert Kirkman is once again playing with the the norms of uh, of comic releasing and, and and what's expected. So we've got uh, Robert Kirkman uh, and. Uh, Chris Samney and Matt Wilson and art and covers uh, for uh, another original graphic novel, and that is Firepower, Par, uh, the the Prelude original graphic novel. So this is to uh, as it says, it's uh, it's 180 pages. Um, April 29th released. Uh, it's ten dollar price point as well. Yeah, ten dollar price point, and uh, it's under skybound, and it technically it is the it is the series premiere essentially uh, yeah yeah. of this so it's wet your appetite for adventure with the prelude OGN just in time for the debut of the new ongoing series uh, of Firepower number one which has uh, been released the following week Uh, all new series created by uh, Robert Kirkman The Walking Dead Invincible Oblivion Song just tick 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 (laughs) Um, and Chris Samney of uh, Daredevil fame
0: the the best Daredevil run
1: of daredevil fame, uh, says Owen Johnson's journey to China, uh, to learn about his birth parents eventually leads him to a mysterious Shaolin temple. That always, always goes well. Uh, the students there. St- <laughs> may as well say at
0: the top of this book, too, key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: The students there study to rediscover the firepower, the lost art of throwing fireballs, a power they claim will be needed soon to save the world. Will Owen Johnson be the first person in a thousand years to wield the firepower? If you like the epic scope of a Vivian song and the unforgettable characters of The Walking Dead, you'll love firepower.
2: <laughs> Jeez, they're getting a bit lazy here. Or-
0: Maybe it's just they know yeah. the quality of the titles yeah. will speak for themselves
1: uh there's two or three uh two or three pages of 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 art and, and story here and this just looks it's fantastic really looking, interesting. It? Yeah, yeah so um it's got it's got everything you know it's got the, the the old shaolin kung fu master who's standing there with his stick and he's wearing his baseball cap and his, his, uh, <laughs> his uh his jacket over his robes and you know that looks it just looks like it's going to be it's really interesting like iron fist sort of stuff um Yeah, Masters of Kung Fu, um, Shang-Chi, sort of. So, yeah, um, I'm
0: in. Yeah, really interesting release. uh, Again, just Kirkman does love playing with the industry a bit. So, in this case, as Keith says, this is going to be a prelude original graphic novel. Then a week later is free comic book day. I believe the number one is being released then. uh, And then I'm guessing it'll jump on to uh, a full-order series after that. but, But, yeah, it's interesting because... I mean, Kirkman's name on a book will always interest me anyway, but I saw last year that Chris Stanley had said he had stepped away from Marvel because he'd been working at Marvel for many, many years. He did Daredevil, he did Black Widow, he did a Captain America run at the start of Legacy. And uh, I was wondering what he was going on to do. And I was I was fully expecting him to move to DC, but it's interesting he's actually moved away to do independent stuff. Uh, so I'll, I'll really look forward to it because I'm a big, big fan of, of his art. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And uh, yeah, I think that'll be another one. Big pre-order book. Again, it's it's nice that Kirkman always rewards people who love this industry. You know, it's a, it's a $10 price point for, you know, 160 pages. It'll then be a free comic book day event. You know, he does everything he can to try and get people into new titles. You know, if you remember Oblivion's song... You know, they had written the first 12 and drawn them. There was never going to be a delay. They released the
1: trade released for the first the six issues 1st The first, is first six
0: issues, well, that was just for retailers, but it was to get people invested in the story. Uh... He made sure they did a massive print run of number one of Oblivion's song because he didn't want the same thing happening that happened with Walking Dead number one oh. where people are paying hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get the first issue.
1: Die, die, day, he just sort of released it.
0: Just threw it out there as a mystery title, you know. So he's he's always playing with the industry. <laughs> Walking Dead, he just sort of finished it despite the fact he'd solicited three or four more issues. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's just a really cool guy and really loves the industry and loves playing with it that, that little bit as well. So... Uh, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much the end of the titles that we've uh, recommended, aside from our pick of the month. And once again, we'll start off with myself, and we're straight into OGN territory. Mm-hmm. So, what is your pick of the April two thousand and twenty? So, for me, there's there's a bit of a a bit of a closed reason why I've picked this, and it's because I've already read it. Uh, you what? I've already read this. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, this is an original graphic novel called Bog Bodies. Uh, this is written uh, by Declan Shelby and artists Gavin Fullerton and Rebecca Nulty. So this is one that uh, I've, I've reached out to a couple of different creators recently and asked them about upcoming projects and what can we do to help sort of push them a little bit more and things like that. So I was chatting with Declan Shelby and he actually sent me the complete graphic novel as an advanced sort of preview for it. And it is pretty wonderful. Uh, to give you the blurb for it, you know it's it's a mix. It's a mixture of crime and horror, which first of all you just can't go wrong with. Uh, but I also love that it's actually it's set in Dublin. Well, the Dublin Mountains, to be more precise. Uh, Declan Shelby's uh, an Irishman. He is indeed. So
2: so is th- Gavin Fullerton as well.
0: So you might know Declan's work less as a writer and more as an artist. He's been a cover artist for many years. He co-created Injection with Warren Ellis and was the artist on that. He worked on Moon Knight with Warren Ellis as well for uh, a good run. But for this one, so this is uh, one that he's actually written. Uh, So this is going to be 96 page original graphic. An irish gangster on the run after a job gone wrong stumbles upon a young woman lost in the dublin mountains injured and unarmed the unlikely pair must try to evade their pursuers and survive the desolate bog that has served as a burial ground for unspeakable murder throughout history Uh, declan shelby and gavin fullerton deliver a cold and poignant story of crime survival and regret uh yeah it's uh it's a brilliant read so it is um I'm always a big fan as well when you get stuff in comics that you can recognize the cities. Like you can just see there, you know, that's Dublin with the bridge just going across <laughs> and so forth. And uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of that uh, James Bond issue that you saw Victoria Square in, which made <laughs> totally oh, me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, this is one that we're going to be pushing quite a bit. I, I was a big fan of this, I have to say. Cool. Um, i
2: am got to say, I'm looking forward to it myself. Definitely going to pick it up. Big, big fan of Declan Shelby's work. And it's strange because I had Savage Town, I think. Savage was Town, yeah. Another image graphic novel he's done is mm-hmm. really, really good. Set in Limer- Limerick, I think. Really, really right good. Write What You Knew? Yep. And that was uh, that was another crime, crime thriller, kind of. So.
0: Yeah. So that's actually the second Declan Shelby one we've recommended this month as well, although the first one, Punisher vs. Barracuda, is in his more traditional role as the artist there. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was my pick, uh, pick of the month. Uh, Vicky's one is quite timely as well, just as we were talking about the Black Widow movie coming out. We have a new Black Widow title hitting uh, Black Widow number one. This is written by Kelly Thompson with art by Elena Casagrande. So, it doesn't specify if this is going to be an ongoing or a, a mini-series. Uh, my, my initial guess would be an ongoing. Uh, this is certainly something, a character they're pushing, obviously, with the movie coming out. Uh, so, with this one, best-selling Eisner-nominated writer Kelly Thompson, who's worked on Captain Marvel at the moment, and rising star artist Elena Casagrande, who's worked on Catwoman, launched a new Black Widow series that changes everything. How many times do we read that in the Marvel book? changes everything (laughs) uh natasha romanoff has been a spy almost as long as she's been alive and she's never stopped running whether she was working for the good guys or the bad but natasha's world is about to be upended beyond san francisco's golden gate lies a mystery that only marvel universe's greatest spy can solve don't miss the heartbreaking thrill ride of 2020 so yeah kicks off the 32 page issue one a regular $3.99 price point some pretty cool variant covers, but I would have to say that the Adam Hughes cover A is definitely the one to stick with there. Uh, yeah, I love me a good spice a good spice story. Uh, again, we were talking about Chris Samney there. Did a great run with Mark Waid on Black Widow, which was pretty class.
2: Cool. Is that an ongoing or a miniseries? As, a, as yeah. I
0: say, yeah. it, it doesn't fully specify, so I'd have to guess that it's an ongoing. Uh, so I would, but... Uh, yeah, that was uh, Vicky's choice, and that is Black Widow number one. Cool. So back to me. We're
2: going to gonna go to Dark Horse this time, and following up from the success of uh, Dark Horse recently published uh, Alien, uh, William Gibson's Alien Three, um, which was sort of. An alternate version of the film, Alien 3, which was very successful. So now we've got Alien, the original screenplay, which was written by Dan O'Bannon. And this time it's being it's uh, being written in collaboration with Cristiano Sexus, Guillermo Balbi on art with Candace Han on colors, along with Dave Stewart. Um, so this one, Dan O'Bannon, basically he wrote... Uh, a script called star beast and that would eventually become the groundwork for alien obviously it was heavily i don't know if anyone knows but it was rewritten by walter hill he did the warriors and a couple of other films he rewrote it obviously dan o'bannon has been very outspoken that he wasn't happy about this during the whole time uh so yeah um we get this um so there's a lot of changes, and if you'll if you just bear with me, it says en route back to Earth, the crew of the starship snark. What? Yep. Intercepts an alien transmission. Their investigation leads them to a desolate planetoid, a crashed alien spacecraft, and a pyramidic structure of unknown origins. Then the terror begins. So from all accounts, I think this is a bit more Dan O'Bannon's certainly more a fan of 1950s pulpy sci-fi and Mm -hmm, I believe from what I believe, I'm a big Alien fan and I've watched a lot of documentaries and read a lot about it, I think Dan O'Bannon's, this version is going to be a lot more pulpy and I think I think a lot of the Ridley Scott body horror stuff is going to be removed and in favour of you know, this kind of even if you look at the preview pages, it's very sort of neon and
1: looks a wee bit more Dan Dare and a wee bit less John Carpenter.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, you could be on to something there. Um I certainly think that it's gonna be interesting and that's why it's my that's why it's my pick. Curiosity. It's more it definitely is more curiosity than yeah, I really want this cuz the Alien 3 one in sort of Alien fandom, Alien 3 is viewed as a failure almost. And the that alternative script is viewed as sort of like a holy grail. It's like they should have done that. Whereas this it's it's going to be something. Yeah, I don't know cuz um they f- they thought um They thought, like, they changed this and they made a completely different film and what some people may say is a better film. So, yeah, and by all accounts, everyone really didn't like the original script. So,
0: yeah. Lillian 3 is even a movie that David Fincher, that was his debut, and he tried to have his name taken off it and everything. Yeah. But they did pass a fan by letting him release sort of a director's cut that people view definitely a bit more favorably. So, uh yeah, no, I'll I'll look forward to that as well. I'm always a fan of these sort of curiosities as well. And the Alien Three was pretty superb actually. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I really, it? really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. Curiosity
0: piece. Cool. So that's Alien the original screenplay. That's gonna be a five issue mini series with number one hitting on April twenty second. Go ahead then, Keith, finish us off. You you are here to educate Oh really? um uh we we've had people come into the store who have specifically said can keith please explain empire to us <laughs>
1: and that's my choice so uh my my pick of the week for uh, for april pick of the month for april 2020 is um the beginning of marvel's uh summer event which is empire spilt e-m-p-y-r-e uh six issue miniseries uh, and great creative team al ewing and dan slot on writing duties um, i mean al ewing has just been appearing over and over the park. again yeah and uh, as you say knocking going to the park uh valerio sheeti on uh on art and lovely lovely cover a's by jim chung so this is uh at its core an avengers and fantastic four crossover and uh, roddy noted earlier on the fantastic um the fantastic uh, graphic design on the uh, on the logo for this, uh, yep. which has got Roddy's hand up his next tattoo yeah. right there. Oh, it's <laughs> it is it is brilliant, and I don't know why nobody's thought of it before. But they've taken the the Avengers A and they've made the the, the most of it into a four as well. They must, so, they must yeah. have thought of that. I don't before. know, but surely. It's, I mean, that's the classic Avengers A. So yeah. with the R O and everything, I can't. Can, can't figure out things. I never saw it before. things are just so obvious. (laughs) Can't figure out how I never saw it before. Um, So what's going on here? Uh, The Kree and the Skrulls have united under a new Emperor, and their war fleet is on a collision course with our world. On the moon, the Avengers are ready to strike with the full power of Earth's mightiest heroes. Approaching from outer space, the Fantastic Four are seeking a diplomatic solution. If the two teams can't work together to save the day, things can only get worse. So uh, April has got Empire 1 and 2 of 6. Um uh and uh, empire one is my is my choice here but we've also got empire number zero the avengers by al Ewing, pepe laraz on art uh we've got empire number zero fantastic four by dan slot rb silva on art um which is like a like a two-pack i guess uh we've got uh cutting into spider-man we've got a a spider-man trilogy and we've got an avengers trilogy we have lords of empire emperor hulkling and the empire empire handbook uh, as well as uh, Empire, um, I guess crossing over into X Men and into Fantastic Four, and a few other bits and pieces. So uh, this is obviously a wee bit more of a, a cosmically based uh, story. Um, so the question, the question we were asked, I guess, our listeners are asking, is what has, what's going on here? So. Um, the 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 core of this thing is the Kree and the Skrulls. So we all know who the Skrulls are. Uh, first appeared in Fantastic Four way back way back when. Uh, some of the, the very first issues, the shape changing bad guys, um, and the Kree. The Kree and the Skrulls have been at war for millennia. Um, the uh, the the Skrulls were a were a were a conquering a conquering race, and uh, they discovered the the Kree living uh, on the planet of Hala with another race called the. Co- Co- Coatal? Co- Coate- Coate- I whatever I can't remember what they're called but uh, the Skrulls decided they would find out which which race was better so they uh, jammed them on a moon somewhere and effectively told them to fight and whenever the Kree figured out what was going on uh, they butchered everybody including the Skrull judges uh, it was because of the distance, the cosmic distance it was I think tens of years before the Skrulls found out and then the two races in that time the Kree had built up their own empire and uh you know we're we're familiar f- familiar of the cree from captain marvel uh with their their and the scrolls i suppose from captain marvel were in the movie anyway you know so they they, they ended up in a, in a kind of a cold war uh cold war um sort of really came to a head uh in in the 1970s uh in the the avengers Cree scroll war uh and it's it's they they have just been at it ever since um, so two, two interstellar empires just at each other's throats. Um, the the scrolls I think came back to um, real prominence in Secret Invasion uh, when they uh, effectively over many years uh, infiltrated all levels of, of superhuman society uh, and that. But I think what what is happening here is. Uh, dan slott and al ewing are drawing on marvel's very rich tapestry of history from the back in the 1970s uh with the kree scroll war i think it was about 1971 um and up through uh some fantastic four stuff in the 80s and uh into the the 90s and the 2000s with the young avengers so young avengers was uh effectively an assembly of of a number of younger characters uh, including kate bishop that's where kate bishop came from the Hawkeye, okay. uh, a few other but uh, two key characters in that were hulkling and uh, wiccan hulkling uh whose name is teddy uh was the son of captain marvel who is a Cree a warrior and uh, a queen of the scroll so he is he's a, a mixed race scroll Cree, and the, the the core of um young avengers was that the kree and the Skrull were after him because they were going well why don't you come home and unite our races and you know lead us and and to become the greatest force in the universe uh and this is what's happening here uh teddy has finally gone home uh he's he's made a choice that uh, that has him leave his lover uh wiccan behind uh, and he's gone to unite the kree and the Skrull races together and now they're all pointed at earth uh so that's that's not good uh that's not good uh <laughs> that's not good crack but uh yeah terry has effectively has effectively gone back home to become emperor hulkling and uh he's leading he's leading the united forces of the kree and the Skrull against earth I, i'm not sure for exactly what reason um do you remember that incoming book that came out at christmas the big mm-hmm. marvel book that was sort of foreshadowing this is a lot of what the foreshadowing that was going on so this has been foreshadowed from back in marvel comics 1000 uh, and then through incoming one uh and that's what incoming was all about uh was was exactly what was what was going on here. Um so yeah that 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 kinda that kind of covers Empire, Cree, Scrolls, Fantastic Four, Avengers. That that's what sort of we know about it right now. Um but it looks it looks fairly compelling. Um I'm interested. I can tell you that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of interesting things as well. Just noticed that uh, you were chatting there about the Empire Zero issues, uh, one written by Al Yoon, one written by Dan Slop, The two artists there, Pepe Laraz and Arby Silva, that's your House and, House Powers, and Powers artists. Yeah. So that's interesting in itself. Uh, you were chatting a bit there about Emperor Hulkling. Uh, there's going to be a one-shot based on that character written by our good friend, Chip Adarski. So that, that definitely puts the uh, the interest levels up there. Um, I mean, my only concern with it, <clears throat> certainly as someone who's doesn't have the same in-depth knowledge uh, regarding the Marvel universe, my only worry is that oh, how much crossover this is going to be into the main books. Uh, you know, it's Marvel of the events Marvel have done in maybe the last year and a half have been excellent, and they've been very good at making sure that you can read as much of something or as little of something as you want. My only concern with this is you look at X-Men two, 10, it's Empire, Fantastic Four, Empire. You know, it, It's bleeding over in the titles is the only thing that concerns me. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's
1: a, it's a, a, a worry. Um, it's interesting because currently the Avengers um, are in space. Uh, they're worrying about the reemergence of the star brand. So they're, they're in space. I imagine in three or four months' time, they'll be on their way back. Um, Jason Aaron is currently writing that book Um, The Fantastic Four are currently in space uh, In the point of origin story Uh, I think the last part of it is next week And then they'll be making their way back towards Earth Um, So I think this this is where we're going to see them on their way back uh you know coming off the various the the, the of the various stories they are on at the minute but it crosses into x-men sure i mean uh, I, there's there's uh, a spider-man three issue book there's another avengers three issue book i'm probably not going to pick up the spider-man book i'm probably not going to pick up the three issue avengers book but i am going to pick up both zero issues with pepe Larraz and Narby silva on art and i probably am going to pick up that emperor hulkling uh, book as well uh, i see there's also uh uh Empire Handbook, which is probably something you might pick up if it's one of those those books that just and, and introduces all of the characters and sort of lets you know what's what's going on. I don't know, we'll see what happens. But but yeah, I mean there's there's I, I'm not too worried. Dan Slot writes Fantastic Four anyway, so I would say of course he's gonna take the opportunity to cross it into his own book. Um
0: yeah. Will any of the Guardians show up given uh, Al Union Al is, is writing the Guardians.
1: Guardians. <laughs> and uh, in the guardians uh guardians issue one and two uh nova has been talking about all of the things that are going on in the universe and one of those things was was this uh you know these these things that are unbalancing the unbalancing the universe so uh, it was referring largely i think to a lot of it was it was empire so so yeah i'm looking i'm as you know the cosmic side of the marvel universe doesn't maybe interest me as much as as the street level or, or global level side but uh there's some really great talent in that with Al Ewing, Dan Slott with, uh, with Chip Zdarsky. Um, so I'm definitely, I think I'm going to be, be neck deep in empire. And uh, I think over the next few months, we're going to see just a wee bit more information coming out about exactly what's going on. But,
0: uh, wasn't there a book in March road to empire?
1: Uh, I I think so. Yeah. That's right. That's probably, that probably, that probably summarizes the creed scroll war and that. So that might be one to pick up if you're interested. Um, but there was some good stuff in, in incoming as well. There was a few. real that was the, the core story of that. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, that is the start of Marvel's uh, first big event of the year, which is Empire. Uh, I see what you mean about that logo. It is so bleedingly obvious. You do wonder <laughs> how it? no one has seen is Isn't it, before. it class? <laughs> uh, so you know, it's a, you know definitely a victory for uh, the marketing team right there. Whoever come up with that. Uh, so yeah, so those were pretty much all of our picks. I mean, there is more to all three previews books. There's other ones we could certainly have highlighted, but we just like to try and keep the sort of core picks down to a bit more manageable sort of 5-Each sort of thing. Uh, the previews books, of course, are always in the store, uh, available to flick through anytime you pop in. Uh, you can always sit at our brand-new counter area. Uh, and if you want to sit and have a chat with us about any of this or have any other recommendations as i say uh, we're, we're there to answer those questions if any titles do interest you either pop into the store uh, we can certainly get anything added to pull lists for you or set you one up if you don't have one you can of course get in touch with us through the facebook page as well if you just like to drop a wee message if you know maybe just a bit busy with work during the week but uh yeah there's some there's some really good stuff this month uh Kills me as a DC fan to say that it's the least interesting book, but the indie stuff, especially, I have to say, really stands out this month. Uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of yellow on the board. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just really enjoying reading comics at the minute. There's yeah. there's a lot of really good
1: stuff around, and uh, my bank account sort of flinches every month whenever I look at the previous books now. I'm going, <laughs> You're nearly looking at what is what is finishing, but at the same time you're going to hope one's finishing
0: because everything's so good, you know, for the most if, part. And then if something finishes, something else just takes well, its place. yeah, yeah, it's like Hydra, you know. Oh, it's you just can cut like off one head, two more will take its place. You took that off the tip of my tongue right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so as I say, that'll that'll do for us for uh, the previous book. So again, that was the uh, our picks from the February previous book, and those are all due for release in April. Unless, of course, Roddy picked it and then it's not out until later in the year. <laughs> Loves an advance solicit that, man.
2: That's it. Just protecting, protecting my assets. <laughs>
0: cool. So, as I say, need any more information, previous books are in store, guys. Uh, in the meantime, I hope that helped you out, helped to navigate those books anyway. And uh, we'll look forward to hopefully seeing you in store soon. Pleasure as always, guys.
1: And uh, I think our next episode, which is likely to be a reviews episode is our 80th episode
2: oh wow double-sized double-sized super
0: spectacular 80th anniversary special so what do we call it do we call it the the 80th anniversary of marvel podcast do we call it the 80th anniversary of joker podcast i will make something up throw out some names (laughs) yeah throw out some names
2: well that's that's class class we made it that far
0: Yeah, that's not too shabby. I mean, just think when we get to 100, the amount of variants we'll have to throw out there (laughs) in one reason or another. We'll just throw out different thumbnails (laughs) for the podcast. You can download whatever one you like. Yeah. Uh, No, it's been a pleasure, guys. Yep, that was lovely. Thank you very much, gents. Looking forward to number 80.
2: (laughs) Take care. Keep on winging it.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Coffee and Heroes, a comic book and coffee shop in Smithfield Market, Belfast. You can find us on all the usual social media outlets, at Coffee Heroes one on Twitter, at Coffee and Heroes on Instagram, and just search Coffee and Heroes on Facebook. This podcast is also produced in association with Fracture Press, an independent comic label also based in Belfast. You can find Fracture Press on all major social media platforms. If you do like what we do, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and most importantly, spread the word.